And there came a day. A day unlike... Wait. No, that's been done. Hmm. Who knows what evil lurks in... No, that is that other thing. What has yellow skin and rights? Ah, forget it. You're listening to Panelology. Excelsior, oh, damn it. Welcome to episode 242 of Panelology. I'm Alex. And I am Brian. How are you doing this week, Brian? Ah, good, good. It should be holiday time for all the uh, people listening. It should. Hopefully it is, too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yes, I get to begin my holiday baking today, in fact. There you go. Uh, I am not going home for Christmas. I thought that would be a harder call to make than it was, but based on the world around us right now, nope, pretty easy, actually. Yeah. So sometime this week, my mother and I are going to meet at a parking lot halfway between us, and I am going to set presents in her car, and she is going to set presents in my car, and when I do that, I'm going to hand off baked goods, and she's going to hand off baked goods. Wow. Um, yeah, but I, my my mom would have none of that. We're, we're going to her house for dinner. Well... They pretty well know that yeah. there's not anything they can do to actually uh, make me show up for something. Fair enough. So they I just kind of had to go along with it. I mean, the other thing is, you know, I I pretty much don't leave the house except yeah. for like one event per week, and that's it. And it's like a known contained thing, and yeah, so. Yeah, I mean, same. Like right. I was telling you yeah. before we started. I go buy groceries at 5 a.m. on Sundays. Right, right, right. Um, That is just the way I have chosen to live 2020. But one of my sisters may have COVID. Right, yeah. Dad's been at the office a bunch. And, like, honestly, it's more a risk to me to go there yeah. than it is a risk for me to bring them something. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, But she called and she said, so... What are you bringing me in order to get me to trade presents with you? My mother did. Uh, that is that is how you know where her priorities are. It's the cheesecake. <laughs> oh my god, you saw my son on that. Literally when he was, god, I want to say six, I think. For Christmas, that's what he wanted Santa to bring him was uh, cheesecake. <laughs> So he got a cheesecake sampler from Santa that year. Well, next time I have extra, I know who to try to offload it on. There you go. There you go. Let's talk comics. We're we going to try to keep this one quick. Uh, yeah. We we spent about three hours yesterday recording our favorite comics of 2020 episode. Which was uh, very, very good. You should listen to that when it comes It out. was. Uh, we are all very happy with the list that came out of it. Probably, on average, the happiest we've ever been with one. Yeah, well, uh, I, I don't want to say the hat, but it, it was the least contentious to arrive at. I'll say that. Yeah, like yeah, there was no, there was no like negotiating right. what gets the ten spot because everything like mathematically we have the system down. <laughs> but also because, like 
because of course we do it mathematically. <laughs> well, because yeah. we're us. We yes. do it mathematically. There you go. Um, it's holiday mathematics. Uh, TM, TM, TM. Uh, <laughs> it's a Festivus miracle. <laughs> yes. Uh, but I think it was actually, like, most of the things that were on it are on our individual lists. There, yeah. was, there was a lot more overlap, I think, with all of our individual lists. Well, there. and there were none, I don't think there were any that ended up on the list that, like, everybody didn't like. Yeah. Right. Yeah, that everybody wouldn't have had in their in their short lists before making their top ten. Right. Yeah. So let's consider that a teaser. Jen and Meg both joined us for it. Yeah. Uh, and you can look forward to that next week. For now, let's talk about some X books. Let's do that. New Mutants number fourteen, the first issue of Vita Ayala's run. They. Uh, we're part of the writer's room for Ten of Swords, but this is them doing their own thing now. Yeah. Uh, Rod Rice is on art, and let me tell you, I love this book so goddamn much. You and me both. I love I love the uh, the letter at the beginning of this. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> the, thank you for volunteering. Yes, exactly. Killed me. <laughs> yes. I also love uh, how, uh, so they, they all sign their names, you know, there's five of them that sign their names at the bottom, uh-huh. and I, I love how they're, like, just easily identifiable fonts from... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yep. It's great. Um, uh, so this opens with a letter from a group of older New Mutants. Yes. Saying, hey... The kids are bored, so they're getting into trouble, which is like the most real world. Yeah, like, of course they are, right, sure. Uh, we think something should be done about it, and that there should be a group in charge of training, and activities, and mentoring. And Charles Xavier responds, cool, thanks for volunteering. Yeah, you know this is, you know this is really, really close to my own heart, so thank you for volunteering and taking this on. <laughs> yeah, and I feel like there, to, to, to steal a line from Magneto, I feel like there was an implied, I hope you survive the experience. <laughs> yep. You're not wrong. Um, and that is where most of this book lives, is yeah. Yeah. The, the sort of mentor group uh, dealing with some of their own stuff in their residences, and then training younger mutants. Yeah. Can I say how much I love the fact that magic comes in? But self-run magic, it is morning. It's the best part of the day. You know the rule. Sigh. Self must not talk to magic before magic has had coffee. <laughs> uh, I'm then, sure and- my love of this book has nothing to do a lot to do with the amount of warlock in it. Uh, well, and and for me, magic, sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then she proceeds to literally pick up this giant bowl thing full of coffee. Like, it's got to be like two gallons of coffee. Yeah. Clinton Barton, eat your heart out. <laughs> yes, it's great. <laughs> oh, so good. The issue is also bookended by a flashback to, like, mid-century Egypt. Yep. I say mid-century, like uh, mid-18th century? Mid-19th century? Yeah. Uh, Mid-19th, I think. Yeah, early 19th, right? Okay. Um, And early, we learn yeah. about 
this young boy who was, you know, likable and protected his friends around him and his community and who then lost his father to a plague. And his name was what, Brian? Uh, it was uh, Amul Farak. Who we know to be the, the avatar of the Shadow King. Yeah. Or the Shadow King himself, yeah. Yeah. Uh, there's a line at the end of that, and that's how he came to know the Shadow King, which which makes Correct. me think he's, yeah. Yeah, yeah. the Shadow King was a separate entity. But like, okay. now they are basically can be used interchangeable because he gotcha. is the host and, like, fully, like, yeah. Cool. My, my, the bulk of my exposure to the Shadow King is X-Men cartoons. Okay. So. Gotcha. Yeah. Uh, I'm a little fuzzy on some of those details. I bet there was somebody else you were happy to see in this issue again, too. Um, oh, right. Duh. Gabby's in this book. Yeah, Gabby's back. Gabby's back and better than ever. <laughs> And also very worried about the ethical ramifications of the decision not to bring back Madeline Pryor. Welcome to the cool kids table, Gabby. <laughs> I love how she raises her hands to ask that. Too. Yes. It's like, yep. So good. Gabby's uh, well, the best. To, to which, because her response when she asked that, right, is Rainey says, you know, um, it's a good question, but, um, you know, basically she was she was a clone and... You know, there's questions about, you know, would multiple versions of somebody being brought back and that. And then Gabby looks at her and says, well, what if I die? Yeah. Like, you realize I'm a clone, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So good. It is. Uh, the The bulk of the training, which I actually really enjoy the training in this issue, is around finding ways to combine your powers to do cool tricks. Yes. Uh, which, this is kind of the second post-Ten of Swords book to really push into this idea. Yep. Which makes me think it's going to be a bigger and bigger thing going forward. Well, right, because, and you say it's the second one since, but, it, like, it realistically it started with a five, right? It did, but we've had, in two weeks now, as many issues correct, about... Correct, Yeah, agreed, um, agreed. And it makes me wonder... With the talk of clones and knowing about Sinister's plot line through Ten of Swords and this this revived focus on combining powers. Also, you know, knowing that we keep having Children of the Atom lingering, lingering in the future. Looming, yeah. I wonder if this is going to be the mindset that moves toward the, hey, let's make clones that are actually like combinations of people genetically distinct. Well... We, we need to make more mutants. You you remember where we were at in Powers of X, Powers of X, and House House of X and Powers of Ten, right? That's what I'm saying. Like yeah. I think we're seeing the ideas that bear out those those characters. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 interesting. It does it. It in some ways it's this. I think the same thing that DC is doing, kind of with Teen Titans and Future State, right? Yeah. Where we kind of know, in a way, now, kind of what an end, what a point in the future is going to look like. Yeah. And then the stories about how you get there, right? House of X and Powers of Ten, definitely the same thing, right? Like we know potentially what this future looks like, right? Yeah. I mean, I I think it's worth remembering that those are both 
the 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 most recent life yes. of Moira. Yep. So we're not in that timeline. Correct. But certainly, like seeing that timeline and the way those things go wrong. Yes. Gives us a view on the way they could go wrong in this yep. timeline. How about X Force? This feels like a the beginning of a second season. Uh, it does. Like this is very much a um, okay. You know who all our characters are now. Uh, this is what we're doing. Yeah. Um, and the, and the it sort of... doesn't look very pretty, by the way. I mean, the art is gorgeous. But no, I, yeah, the, I don't the... mean it that way. <laughs> From a story, X... story standpoint. Sorry. X-Force is not a an optimistic book, no. No, no. Um... The, the continuing plot is this sort of investigation of Russia. Yeah. And we start with the interrogation of Colossus, which... I'd kind of forgotten we'd ended on that cliffhanger back in number, I guess, 11, 12? Before, before Tenosaur, yeah. Yeah. Um, of them detaining Colossus? Yes. That entire situation, at least uh, implicitly, changes in here. But then we get a couple of, of new threads brought in, at least new to this book. Yes. Uh the Omega Red vampire stuff from Wolverine uh-huh. comes to play here. And then we also have this, and I wonder if this is related to the Magneto giant size. Oh. We have this this monsters from the deep kind of chthonic horror entity that is that comes up from the ground and then starts infesting marine life and then sailors and then potentially kills a dog which i'm not happy about right like we just got the answer are there dogs on krakoa and now it might have been there were dog on krakoa <laughs> um and this is this is all from like like a pod or an egg right that yeah. was locked inside of Krakoa. Yeah. Yeah. And then there's a, you know, there's a seismic activity and it's freed and falls into the ocean. Yeah. Right. Into this deep trench. And that's where we see it start to come from. Yeah. And it reminds me a lot of like the old Krakoa, like when in the X-Men fought the island yeah. of Krakoa type thing. Right. Well, it makes me wonder a little bit, like, Krakoa and Duraco were just reunited, yeah. maybe they are also making more mutants. That's exactly what I was about to say. I'm wondering if this is a Krakoan offspring of some sort. Yeah. Right? And maybe, maybe like a newborn, it doesn't really know what it's doing, it's just relying on instinct. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I do like the contention between Beast and Wolverine, though. Yes. Like, the further we see Beast thrust into this Machiavellian role, mm -hmm. like, the less I personally, like, like him in the way that I like that sort of intellectual, almost pacifist piece. Yes. But the more interesting he come becomes to me and the more I want to read him. Agreed. Like, he's an asshole now. But he's an interesting one. Well, I, I think this book, more than any other, in, in kind of all the different aspects, is the one that says, yeah, this is a nation, and nations have to do not pretty things. Yes. Right? 
and you know there's a there's a text page that's like uh basically uh you know beast talking about resurrecting omega red and how they have to do it this very specific way right yeah and the like then you see objections from the five they're like why do we have to do it like this why can't we you know make a better person when we bring him back to that and you see xavier going no x-force has you know basically x-force has complete control in this matter do whatever they say yeah like oh shit yeah it's it's i mean beast is clearly making the trade his soul for the safety of the island yes oh yeah um and it doesn't seem like he really expects others to do that in the same way so like when i say he's an asshole he clearly does some shitty things but like i think he is doing the thing he thinks is right and that's what makes him so interesting okay can i tell you the other thing that i absolutely loved in this book what's that black tom cassidy buried in the sand (laughs) with 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 a sand mermaid made on top of him with palm fronds and seashells yes yes excellent (laughs) as he has a coconut alcoholic drink next to him with a long straw so he can still drink from it yeah yeah and talking of telling domino you know your dog rufus keeps pooping on the island yeah and she starts to think he's complaining he's like the plants love it yeah it's great fertilizer (laughs) yeah it's just oh boy Black Tom Cassidy's a freak, and I'm here for whatever <laughs> he, he wants, whatever weird thing he wants to pop in and say. Oh, always entertaining, yes. Wolverine, Black, White, and Blood, number two. Yeah, so uh, this is our, you know, this is our black and white ink artist-focused uh, anthology book. Yep. We uh, have stories this week written by Vita Ayala, mm-hmm. Saladin Ahmed, and... Chris Claremont. Chris Claremont, yeah. Art is Greg Land for the Vita Ayala piece, uh, Kev Walker for the Saladin Ahmed, and Salvador La Roca for... Hey, Alex, guess who, guess who was the letterer for this? <laughs> is it Clayton Cowles? Oh my god, you're like psychic yeah. or something. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, busy, busy man, that Clayton yeah. Cowles. So the, the Vita Ayala piece is a Wolverine Sabretooth story. Yep. Um, just, you know, good, good banter, good, very kind of traditional encounter story for Wolverine, I think. Yeah. Um, the scene, the Saladina Med one was a little more interesting, I thought. Yeah, Wolverine versus Arcade. Yeah, but specifically in a way, so, you know, it's set up with the whole, oh, here's essentially, you know, like an Arcade Danger Room that you've got to get out of, right? But then you actually see kind of the twist that Arcade has thrown in this one. Yeah. the There's a timer, but the timer also fills up faster if Wolverine kills. Yes. Yeah. So uh, so that was that was an interesting uh, one. And then actually, I really enjoyed the Claremont one, believe it or not. That was... I mean... I mean, you can believe it, because there's a lot of Claremont stories I enjoy, but... Yeah, well... I was going to say, you know what a sucker I am for any time anyone remembers that Kate Pride is a ninja. Yes. Yes. And she absolutely is. Uh, yeah, I, I like everything about how they set this story up, and the art in this one in particular is just yes. spot on. Beautiful. I mean, it's all it's all good, but yeah. I think I think the art and coloring in this one do, of these three stories, probably make the most. Yeah. 
of of the kind of tricolor format. Yep. And in this one, you kind of get, it's kind of a four color because there's one shade of gray that's used too. That's yeah. true. Yeah. And that allows a little more. But uh, uh, just the, the the way they played this whole story with, with Kate also, I loved it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I had I I was gonna sit this one out this this mini series out and just like grab the digital copies when they went on sale or something. Uh huh. Um, I will mention the reason I I decided not to is because Marvel's marketing team said it was part of of Reign of X, which that's a stretch. Yeah, I, this, I, this so far it has not been. Yeah, no, doesn't really fit that, but. Yeah, these have been a delight, and I'm super excited for some of the ones that are coming up still. So you mean like like the next one with John Ridley and Donny Cates writing? Um, I was thought well, yes, but I was talking specifically about the combination of John Ridley with Jorge Fornes on yes. art. Yes. Um, but yes, we've also got Donny Cates and Chris Bacalo. Chris Bacalo, yeah, gonna hate that I one. I can tell. Them. And then Jed McKay and Jesus Saiz. Yes. Like, like all of these teams are just so... And part of the cool thing is a lot of these are people who probably otherwise wouldn't be writing Wolverine, right? Yeah. So it's just cool to kind of see their little their little yeah. take on it. Yeah. Like, I like... The thing I like about the black and white format, like the, the Batman right. black and white, yep. Harley Quinn, whatever. Yeah. Um, Superman red and blue, which was a thing announced recently. Okay. Is I like the getting to see so many people get a hand on the ball yes yeah um but i think the thing that like more and more i'm learning from this is i'm a sucker for the anthology series format for exactly that reason and want more books like that yeah well and it's funny and this is i think one of the other things that's different about this in a lot of anthology series that get made or at least mm-hmm. it used to be this way i'll say it that way uh you would get the up and coming or the talent that does not get used as much yeah in in mainline books um and that is absolutely not the case with these like you've got your i mean you've got john ridley and donny cates writing in the next ones right and you've yeah. got jorge forness and chris bacalo doing art like these are top notch creative teams yes. and that makes and- a difference it does, and I'm excited to talk about DC's March solicitations, because I think they're leaning into this idea. I do. I think you're probably right. And uh, I, we pointed out uh, on our, you'll, you'll hear it on our uh, year-end special, but we'll mention it here too. We're going to record our next solicitations episode as a separate entity. Yeah, so... Yeah. Uh, I'll I'll talk about kind of release schedule for the end of the year at the end of the episode, okay. but right. we are gonna we are gonna do that. That's that's kind of why I was thinking about the DC solicitations. Yeah, uh, we do have a plan. Alrighty, okay, moving right along, footloose and fancy free. Let's do it. Commanders in Crisis number three. Um, I I really really am enjoying this book. Um, this one in particular. So at the end of the last issue. Uh, we had uh, we had one of our characters, the one who I, the originator, um, who basically can the the one who can create a new word that changes mm-hmm. reality for twenty four hours. Yes, with, I like that one. I know, right? 
So she creates a new word that basically brings someone who was murdered back to life so they can question him. And this issue opens up with him coming back and going, um, wait, what's going on? I I, I was dead, right? Like, how could I not be? <laughs> and so, um, basically he comes up and, and tells them, so wait, you brought me back and you want me to spend, I've got an extra 24 hours that I shouldn't have had and you want me to spend it reliving my death and talking to you about it <laughs> yeah and they're like no you know what why should you do that go live every second that you didn't think you'd get and and, and do you want some help <laughs> that's awesome i like right that. yeah and there's a there's a there is an investigation that happens you know on the, kind of on the as a b story or whatever to this but uh, to me, the A story in this one is is then the conversation that, that Frontier has with him about how I should have I should have paid attention to so many other different things, right? And it also goes into which was probably my favorite part of the conversation, right? Where he's like he says something about like, oh, you know, I I, I always thought if I had you know this kind of blank check style attitude, I would go into court and take my pants off and like do all these crazy things that wouldn't matter. Right. <laughs> Cause like, I'm not going to experience any of the consequences, but like, that's not what I I'm feeling now either. Right. It basically like, how did I not see that I I'm right in the middle of life and life is all around me and it's all about connections and, and you know, who we have. And I was like, okay, that's cool. Yeah. I like that. <laughs> so I, point to say i really like this episode cool that episode issue god oh yeah. my god there's a callback <laughs> how long has it been since we did that uh well yesterday or next week depending on oh. whether you're us or our listeners okay because you definitely called something as an issue an episode somewhere did i the, really the, oh yeah god <laughs> <sighs> the yeah. more things change the more they stay the indeed, same indeed indeed Maybe it's an end-of-the-year thing. I don't know. <laughs> Dark Knight's Death Metal number six. The penultimate Death Metal. Yeah, and the the, the big battle, right? Yeah. Uh, well, I guess the, the opening of the big battle. Um, yeah. We learned that Batman has uh, a surprise in the bag. I mean, he's Batman, doesn't he always? True. This time, though, he's got a literal bag. <laughs> he does have a literal bag. Yes, Batman's does. got a duffel bag. And can I tell you, okay, I, you have to absolutely picture this, right? So we have Harley Quinn, who has been this whole time dressed in a bit of a Western motif, right? Yeah. Um, because she and Jonah Hex went off, right? And Jonah Hex got destroyed. So she took his hat, right? Yeah. And has been wearing it. And in this this issue, we have Jaro, who is essentially the the tin sheriff star on the front of her hat <laughs> <laughs> i can't get over that it's amazing um <laughs> and my quote of the week comes from them brian's quote of the week quote, quote. uh which is um so they've got their whole army lined up and you know the 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 forces of uh of, the Batman who laughs, or I, what is he now called? The, the Darkest, Darkest Knight, Knight, right? Uh, is why are they just standing there? They're trying to intimidate us. Show us their numbers. 
fine. Let's show them ours. And everybody comes out, right? Uh, Charlie goes, uh, Bat, you do see there are way more of them, right? And Charlie <laughs> goes, so freaking what? We got powers? The heart? We're way hotter. <laughs> <laughs> true, Jaro. Very true. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All good. Yeah. All good. We also we also learn who wins the battle between the Darkest Knight and Perpetua. We do, and I can't say that's a big surprise, given kind no. of how things were leaning, right? Um, but it definitely sets us up for this final push, you know, Secret Origins, last last fight or whatever, uh, the, the 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 big battle. So, issue. did you also though get? The impression they were leading us up to, if not some deus, deus ex machina, then definitely um, a confrontation that could lead that way. I mean, I feel like the deus here is Wonder Woman. Well, except... And the literal machina that she... <laughs> um, But there's specifically, Perpetua seems to keep talking in this about how how she was only trying to protect this multiverse from detection by her own kind. That's true. I, I kind of read that as more of protect herself, but yes, you're right. That could be like these entities from outside of the multiverse that yes. imprisoned her come back and uh, you know, maybe the last issue is an impassioned plea to to them to just, you know, let them well, try and, one and more maybe time maybe it's a thing, and, and this is certainly possible. Maybe it's not that. Maybe it's you know they they do resolve it themselves or whatever. But then we get a glimpse of that these people exist and now are aware of yeah. our multiverse, and that's going to be something in the future. Yeah, and that, honestly, that probably seems more likely at this point. Yeah, yeah. War of the multiverses was the the one shot whose name I was blanking on. There you go. There you go. Yep. But yeah, Wonder Woman, uh, God, with that, with that chainsaw, <laughs> the chainsaw of truth, baby. Always, every day. Oh my God, I love it. I love it. Always so be chainsawing. I, I love. I, I don't know why I like Dark Father so much in this. Just his reaction alone. He's the thing that. I really like about him in this issue yeah. is he's just so like resolved. He's not trying to stop Diana. Correct. His whole thing is like, nah, it's over, man. It's just me and the baby, and like soon it's not even gonna be that. Just let it go. Yeah. He's like an old tired grandpa. Yep. And then and then unfortunately, uh, he he. Well, I guess fortunately for us, right? He 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 makes a comment that then. Diana latches onto and makes her realize what she needs to do. Yeah. Which is something about a machine that forces us to see the truth. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, then the other comment that I think is super interesting, I'm wondering if this leads into future state stuff, right? Mm -hmm. Is, uh, we have this running commentary through this whole thing from Sergeant Rock about all of these different prayers that he's heard on the battlefield over, over time. You know, mm -hmm. some are prayers for victory. Some are prayers that, you know, that people just, that they just survive. Some are curses for, you know, feeling like they're forsaken by their gods or whatever. So there's all these different types of, you know, prayers that he's heard. And it, it kind of comes down to, you know, at the end, he basically says the sad truth is that, that 
gods never answer, right? Um, but on that day, on that last scorched battlefield, to all of our surprise, uh, and then we get the, you know, okay, so the one who laughs, if you want to fight someone, I'm right here. And his comment is, she did, as in Wonder Woman being born as a new god in this reality. Yeah. yeah. Well, I I think you're probably onto something there, knowing that we have immortal Wonder Woman coming exactly. up as yep. future state, and knowing what Wonder Woman character is on the Justice League roster. The the Wonder Woman on the Justice League in the March solicitations is not Diana, it's Hippolyta. Yes. Um, and, 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 you know who I thought of when I saw this picture of her at the end here, though? Who's that? All Mother Diana. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. Right? Like Thor's promotion. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh oh, but yeah, she looks she looks pretty badass. I I can't I can't wait for this to wrap up just because I want to hear the I want to see the end of it. Yeah. I'm yeah. I'm super excited for the next well foreseeable future from DC. <laughs> yeah. The whole state of the future, one might say. Yeah. Batman number one oh five. Yeah, I wanted to talk about this for one specific reason, and that is there's two people that I think their status very much changes in this issue. Yeah. Um, the first, well, I, I guess you could say three for that matter. Um, kind of all of them. Everyone comes out of this issue changed. I, you know what? Better. Yeah, that's that's very fair. the The biggest, most obvious one for me is Harley. Yes. Um, because uh, literally Harley has this whole conversation with Clown Killer about how. Like how she became who she was with Joker, mm-hmm. and like what she has learned since then, and it's more a it's very very much more almost directed to herself than it is to him. Yeah, and basically what she comes out of it is, I, I you know I've done all these things. Sometimes I've I've done them actively. Sometimes it's been passively by not stopping joker or whoever right and yeah i totally deserve to die but from here on out i want to be good and i think this is going to be a change for her. i think she is they're going to commit to her being you know not always the best but being a hero i mean like deadpool right deadpool's not always the greatest but he is always a hero or, yeah you know yeah and i no, think I, that's where we're going to find harley i definitely think that's true um there's really not, and this is something that I feel like has been simmering real time for the last year, year and a half at yeah. least, going yeah. back to that Harley and Poison Ivy series. Well, and I mentioned this on the on the year in special about how there's a couple of things that have kind of freed Harley from all of this baggage that she's mm-hmm. carried with her. Uh, one, the Suicide Squad's gone now. Yeah. Right? And the second thing is we now have Punchline, who has... <sighs> She's very different, but she can fill the same narrative role in Correct. stories. Thank you for for voicing that the way that I'm... Yes, exactly. So yeah. she is freed of that tie to Joker that kind of narratively and editorially kind of had to be maintained. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think that frees her to truly change and be something awesome and great going forward. Yeah, and I think... Like, metagaming it a little bit here, sure. right? One of the things that I know I've said before is I think that the reason why it's good and healthy for 
TVs and movie to share ideas and stories with comics Mm -hmm. is because it helps move the status quo for everything forward. Yeah. Like, especially having just rewatched or watched for the first time uh, X-Men Apocalypse and Dark Phoenix as part of my, my... just binge of X-Men cartoons. The the thing that those those movies kind of lack is escape velocity from yeah. the status quo of the 1980s. Yep. Um, and when you have a movie like Birds of Prey, and when you have a Harley Quinn that is living in a very Deadpool space in the more consumed media it makes it a whole lot easier to get editorial to let you make a change in right comics because yep. at the end of the day i love comics comics are where all these ideas come from for the most part but there are valuable ideas from the others and the audience is much larger if when the just, larger yeah, status quo changes yep. if you want comics to be accessible you have to keep up and I think that there's value in that when that's leaned into in smart ways. And I think this is a smart way to do it. Adding and, punchline, making Harley her yeah. own character. Well, and we see it in the it. Harley Quinn animated series, right? Yeah, that's another yeah. example. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the other character that I think changes a, a lot in this one is is Clown Killer. Clown Hunter. Clown Hunter. I'm sorry, Clown Killer. Clown Hunter. Who... <laughs> Like every time they showed him, right? Yeah. All I could, all I can see on him now is the X, because I am now one hundred percent convinced he will be Red X. Yeah, yeah. There's a great panel in this where you kind of see through the the eyes and his mask, and he's crying underneath. Yeah, and like that, I think is a big like that moment to me was like reading at his turning point. Yes. Uh, and then the last one, which was the one I was not expecting, by the way, those two, uh, those two, I can totally understand, and, and there were a lot of, you know, kind of hints leading up to that. The one yeah. I did not see is uh, Ghost Maker. Maker, God, no. Maker, Killer, Hunter, like, come on. <laughs> no, none of these characters have Killer in their name. There I hints. know, but like. You could, yeah. You see why yeah. why I would think they would, but yeah. Ostensibly, Ghost Maker and Ghost Killer are opposite ideas. In fact, yeah, that's okay. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> um, but essentially, you know, the, Batman and him have this conversation, and uh, as part of this, and Batman's like, "No, I'm not going to fight you." And so he he comes to the and says, "Okay, well, we'll just go back to how it was. I'll leave Gotham to you, and you don't bother any cities I'm set up in." And Batman's like. Or we could do something different. And he was like, what? Then you could stay here and help me. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, the one rule that I have in this city is that you don't kill. And I love I love how when he pushes back against that, Batman's response is immediately to fall into this, like, frenemy rival taunting. Right. Like, oh, can't stand the challenge? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's too hard for you my way. Yeah. There is also a hint, I think, in this, if you, like... I don't know that it's solicitation text. I think it's something from Tynan's newsletter. Um, but if you read that and you read this, I think you have information to put together what part of Ghostmaker's new status quo will be. Okay. And if I am right about this, I am very excited for it. Um, 
If you don't want to know, jump forward like 30 seconds. Batman starts to say Ghostmaker's name. He does start to say it. Which I'm pretty sure uh, what he gets out overlaps with the name of the new mayor of Gotham. Oh, that's interesting. Right? I may have that wrong. I didn't go back and find the old newsletter where Tynan talks about introducing this this maybe other character. Uh-huh. Um, but I don't, I don't think it's an other character. I think it's the same character. Well, and I think we lead very much into this moving forward of Batman having what, what's needed in place for him to retire, to do something else. Right. And we've talked about this for a long time now. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we've, I also get the vibe from... March solicitations and Tynan talking about things that maybe Gotham is moving more toward the 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 Bat books. I think are moving more toward an X Men style writers room okay. as opposed to traditional editorial office. Because he's talked about how all these books that have been announced and are getting announced. You'll see threads introduce in one and move to another, and it sounded a lot like, and how he's working basically as showrunner. Yeah, he did not compare himself, but like Hickman. Yes. Um, it makes me really think that Gotham of 2021 is going to be something that looks like the X Men line. Right I now. I think that's a very natural thing for the Bat books, just in how yeah. how many characters we have and how kind of kind of like mutants in, in Marvel, yeah. right? How many Bat characters we have and how naturally they could flow from one to the other. Well right? and I think yeah. the, the other piece that is true of both is how many kinds of stories. Yeah. Yeah. Tonally, structurally Every character in Gotham uh, has a different feel. Right. And don't forget, we've got the looming, you know, Selena's thing of you've got one year, right? Yep. Yeah. And I think that's definitely part of this as well. Yep. Love it. All righty. Uh, Endless Winter Roundup. We've got Aquaman 66, mm-hmm. Justice League 58, and Teen Titans Endless Winter Special. And let's let's go in that order. This is another one of those that feel like this feels almost i don't know kind of like ten of swords it's definitely one big story yeah right but at the same time they've definitely done more of a job of injecting the hero from the individual book into that particular issue yeah i think and i think for some people maybe this reads as a little bit okay i get it get on with it right because you get very little of the big overall story. Story, you do. It does not move the main story forward much. But what I like about this, largely as a function of timing, like where everything in DC is right now, mm-hmm. is that this is... I think these three issues in particular make clear that what we've sort of speculated at, that this is taking an issue of each of these characters' books to to sort of set them up, for their status quo post-future state, yep. at least introduce some ideas. Exactly. I think that's absolutely what it's doing. I, I think do. that's intentional. The sort of smoking gun on that is Teen Titans explicitly talks about setting up a school. Correct, yeah. Um, y- y- yes, absolutely. I mean, we got the same thing in Flash. We're getting it here in Aquaman. Um, 
and like in all honesty, the 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 story of the Frost King part of this itself, right, mm-hmm. could have been a three issue arc in Justice League. Yeah, probably right. Um, but uh, I, I like I said, I, I I'm not upset that they're taking this and the fact that they focus on that character in that character's book more mm-hmm. makes it feel less like a just a story that was written and just pasted across issues as it is if all you're reading is Aquaman you can pick this up and not feel like you know why are they why is this other story in my Aquaman book yeah there there's still character development it doesn't feel like the book's narrative is taking a month off exactly yeah especially because they're using it to do this setup yeah yeah Yep. And the Aquaman issue, I think, is maybe the strongest example here. Because you get this sort of classic, okay, Aquaman's gonna run off Mara, stay home with Andy. Not not because you're the woman, but because, like, I know I can survive down here. Mm-hmm. Um, and someone has to stay with her. Right. And then he gets down there, he's like, okay, this is worse than I expected, and these fire, uh, uh, not golems, fire... Trolls. Trolls, thank you. These fire trolls are very big. And then Mara shows up. She's like, "Yeah, no, I, I had Doctor Thanita watch the kid. I'm, I'm here because you're more likely to come home if I'm here, and I'm more likely to come home if you're here. So we're doing this together, and we're both going home." Yep. And and then they respect her power because of her hydrokinesis, and uh, yeah. basically name her their queen. Yeah. <laughs> but like that. That moment between them of just like, okay, no, we're both doing this, we're both doing this right, is, it feels like, yeah, a year ago, you couldn't have had that conversation that quickly and easily between them. Correct. And, and you also get the whole, um, no, we're not coming back as, quote, saviors of Atlantis, or, you know, because we were the former king and the former queen and rulers and yeah. we know what's best and all of this. We're here because we can help. We're here because we love Atlantis and we can help. Yeah. Yeah. Justice League 58. Uh, this was the issue with Jon Stewart. Mm-hmm. Um, who I always forget how much I love. Until when he's brought he's... to the fore, right? <laughs> Well, until he's brought to the fore, and until he gets... I feel like I enjoy him more in Justice League books than in Green Lantern books. That's a a fair statement. I think it's because there's so much weird history around, like, him destroying planets in Green Lantern books that those always become about that. Whereas in Justice League books, he gets to be human. Right. In a way that I don't think Hal is as good at. (laughs) You're right. Um, so, like, seeing him, and seeing him just street-level helping people, I always really like. my The most memorable scenes to me of him in the Justice League cartoon are him, like, in his neighborhood, just knowing everyone and being, like, a local neighborhood hero, and then him and Hot Girl smooching. Fair enough. Um, uh, I will say I am more convinced than ever now that, uh, that uh, the people in the ice were his family, though. Oh, no, you, you absolutely got that right. There's no question at this point. Yeah. Uh, that That is 100% absolutely, like, what is going on here. Yeah. So, yeah, so uh, uh, basically that's that's what the Frost King was after, was that piece of ice back. So yeah. he's attacking all of these science, you know, Star Labs and Stag Industries and all these science-related type places. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, also, John Stewart and Detective Chimp. I'm <laughs> all for seeing them share more screen time. Yeah, that worked really well, didn't it? Yeah, like I just want more Bobo in general. Yeah, but... yeah. He 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 makes a great foil character. He really does. Yeah, yeah. He's so good at the tired old. Eh, I'm I, I'm too old for this shit. Right. Yeah. The uh, uh, John the the uh, Danny Glover role. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like anytime you expect him to say, "It's only two weeks till retirement." <laughs> Which is the other, which is the problem with that, because I'm always expecting him to die because he's just two weeks from retirement. Right, exactly, sure. Uh, then we have Teen Titans, Endless Winter. Yeah. Special one-shot. Um, and, and can I say how much I love Crush's babysitter? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, absolutely. Uh, I do not um, hate that at all. So, so you are definitely better versed in this iteration of Teen, well, every iteration of Teen Titans than I am. Um, with exception, possibly, of the 2011 Teen yeah. Titans New 52 book. Yep. Which, you're fine. Um, <laughs> From what I understand, that is the case, yes. Yeah. So, I am assuming that, that everything we need we get on the page here. Damien has got his own way, and everyone is basically like, why did we listen to a 12-year-old? Yes. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much, thirteen year old. Yeah, they they all realized that following specifically, kind of blindly following Damien was a bad choice. (laughs) Who'd have thought? Who? Yeah, right. What do you know? Um, but that they are absolutely willing to do what they need to 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 learn, and so we get this idea of Donna and Gar have basically kind of been put in charge of them. Right? Uh-huh. Uh, and... As their own sort of penance for the events of Titans? Yes. Correct. And, yeah, they have a a really, really good outing, and they are all learning from each other at this point. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like, Donna's impressed with how well they can work as a team when they choose to. Yeah. Right? And we get the introduction of a new character who I'm guessing, because someone implies it pretty explicitly, I guess explies it, um, (laughs) that this new character would be a great student at the Academy that the Teen Titans and Titans are putting together. Yeah, that that would be Barry. Barry Allen, yeah. Uh, yeah, I heard the the Titans were coming back together to form a new school. Is this one of your students? (laughs) (laughs) The answer is yes. Yes, it will be. Gotta be now. (laughs) Yeah. Also, I love that her name is Summer and her powers are ice-based. Yes. <laughs> That's just great. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm, like I said, I, I'm super excited to see where this tight stuff will go. Yeah. Um, I also think this is going to, as we'd kind of guessed, like this very much seems on a trajectory to put Black Adam in the forefront. Oh, yeah. Post, They're bringing post. him back big time. Yeah. Yeah. He is also someone we know is on the Justice League roster in March. Yeah. And I'm betting that we hear more about a Black Adam movie in the future, too, if that's the case. Yeah, I think there was some news recently about, like, it getting a new date or something like that. Yeah. Uh, Last one. Second Coming, Only Begotten Son, number one. This is the second arc and continuation of Second Coming. And most of this issue takes place on Sunstar's uh, home planet, 
leading up to his... And what is that home planet, Alex? Do you remember the name of it? Uh, I believe it is the planet Zircon. Zirconia. Zirconia. Even better. (laughs) Fake diamond. Planet fake diamond. Great. (laughs) Planet Zirconia. Yes. Uh, Crystalis, capital city of Zircona. (laughs) Zirconia. Um, His father, Voldor, returns home to greet his mother, Zoldana. And tell her that the planet is about to explode because this entire planet and everything on it is built out of crystals that they have mined from the planet's core. (laughs) I want you to, I mean, it's beat for beat. Okay, beat for beat. It's basically the explosion of Krypton. Yeah, sure. Obviously. But I want you to take the, the death of Krypton and then infuse that with Mark Russell calling out the excesses of capitalism. <laughs> Can't imagine Mark Russell doing that. Oh, wait. The setup basically for this evening is Zoldar tells Zoldana what's up. And they're like, okay, well, we should, we should just like, I don't know, enjoy our last night together. And she says, well, we, we, we can't, we're having people over these two, like real estate agent and trophy wife, neighbors invited themselves over to try to sell them real estate and they're going to spend their last night alive stuck at dinner with their with like the most obnoxious people on the planet that is this issue (laughs) okay i'm I'm like reading it as we as we look at it Uh uh-huh uh can i tell you that i absolutely love this line he comes home to and like you know has found out at the at his work that day and she and he's like, trust me, you don't want to know what's what's wrong. And she's like, look, we both know how this ends. We'll fight. You'll make fun of my rowing machine. I'll cry. Then you'll tell me. <laughs> yeah. Um. And then the last couple of pages of this are back on Earth in present day. Um. With Jesus blessing Sunstar's fetus. Um. They are about to have the baby. And Jesus decides, I should move out and give you guys space. So that, I guess, is going to be probably sort of narratively the anchor. Um, Sunstar not knowing his parents, not knowing where he's from, and Jesus getting his own place. That's a weird sentence, and I'm here for it. I love it. All right. Is it still good? Once in future, number 14. It's Rose's turn. We only find them when they're dead, number four. Uh, uh, Captain Malik decides it's time to, to explore a heavenly body. Amethyst, number six, Brian. Um, even when your whole life has been you wanting to have your family back, sometimes they still turn out to just be family. <laughs> Catwoman, number 28. Selena... Marks her territory, let's say. And we discover that there is, uh, uh, the, we discover the roots of perhaps a bigger problem in Alleytown. Rorschach, number three, Brian. The Diary of Laura and how she came to be who she is. Or you can't catch a man with a gun. Superman, number 28, Brian. Um, Clark shows a planet how to be a, how to be better, and 
We find out from Lois and Lana why Clark needs us. Tales from the Dark Multiverse, Crisis on Infinite Earths, Brian. Uh, turns out that if uh, the Justice League had survived, and I mean the Justice League had sacrificed themselves for Ragnarok, and the Justice Society had been the world that survived, uh, things would not have gone so well. Uh, A.K.A. Um, DC's New Galactus. <laughs> Stillwater number four. We learn how the town first responded to its evident immortality. Deadpool number nine. Uh, Elsa Bloodstone finally gets ahead of her problem. That's funny, I promise. I, yeah, I can see the cover right now. Uh, Fantastic Four, number 27. Franklin gets a new suit. The Immortal Hulk, number 41. Hulk and the Thing, uh, sit down and enjoy some kosher hot dogs together. And we learn that maybe the real Hulks are the friends you made along the way. Iron Man, number four. Uh. See, and, and I would have thought it would have been, your real friends are the Hulks you made along the way. <laughs> Honestly, honestly, that one could go either way, probably. Um, I feel like that's where this book starts, and now that we're in the last ten issues, the, the script flips. There you go, okay. Yeah. Iron Man number four. Uh, Patsy is not having Iron Man's bullshit, which I guess could describe any issue of this. Yeah. Uh, until she is. Oh, boy. King and Black, Immortal Hulk, number one. Uh, Silent Night, Hulky Night. Nothing is called? <laughs> I'm guessing. Well, no, no, because there are Venom Dragons. It's Hulk fighting Venom Dragons, but it's a silent issue and a very good one. Oh, there you go. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Magnificent Miss Marvel, number 17. Fucking finally, Dum Dum Dugan catches up with the script. I love this book. And I expected better of Dum Dum Dugan, and I'm glad that he's finally caught up. All right. I'm happy for him, and I'm happy for Kamala. Taskmaster number two. Do you know what you shouldn't ever do, Brian? Um, show Taskmaster your best move? Well, probably that. You should never interrupt Phil Coulson's trip to the comic shop. <laughs> Resonant number six. Uh, this book is back. This book is excellent. If you have not checked it out, grab the first volume in trade. Uh, Pax escapes the island he had been trapped on as his kids realize that there are, uh, still plenty of monsters in the woods that they should, uh, protect each other from. And Sarah and the Royal Stars, number 10, this is the last issue of this. Uh, it's the big fight between the good guys and the bad guys, and it's super satisfying. All right. Yep. This week's books to read there. This week's books to read. And next week's. <laughs> next week's. Yes. So because next week will be our top ten, uh, we're going to talk about some books that come out on the 22nd and 23rd and some books that come out on the 29th and 30th. Yeah. So starting with this week, the 22nd and 23rd. Yeah. We have the picture of everything else, number one. Uh, we previewed this for you a couple of episodes ago. If you missed that or don't remember, check that out. Uh, but this book is absolutely gorgeous. I love the, 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 the design of this world, the style of the art, and the story that's going on here. It's just a really great 
book, which is not a surprise because it's coming from Vault and Dan Waters. Fair Brian. Enough. Yes. Animosity Trade, Volume 6. Yeah, so this is the last trade for Animosity. The series is wrapped up, so um, just wanted to give a shout-out that this is a really, really good series, and uh, the whole thing is out in trade now, so feel free to go pick it all up and read the whole thing. I should do that. And Unkindness of Ravens, number four. Uh, yeah, I've talked. this is a boom book that I've talked about enjoying uh, before, and uh, I'm excited that we're getting uh, another issue for it, so much it looking out a little further now the 29th and 30th uh this first one is on both of our lists the jenny hex special yeah is nobody surprised at exactly how excited i am about this uh i think the only thing that can make me happier is if they announced an actual you know limited series or or ongoing for her <laughs> agreed and i think you know if we want that we should all buy this yes we should everybody go buy jenny hex Plus, it's Magdalene Visaggio. Yeah, yeah, like, all good. Everything about this is good. Yeah. Um, a, a seasonally appropriate issue coming out on the 30th, King in Black, Iron Man, Doctor Doom, <laughs> in which Iron Man and Doctor Doom fight Santa Claus. Or I, save Santa Claus? I'm really not sure which. It's one of the two, maybe both. There's a Santa Claus in there, though. <laughs> yeah. Um, if they're beating up a Santa Claus, it can be Tim Allen. And finally, Power Pack number two. Yeah. Super, super excited to see them back. I love how they've brought them kind of forward into the modern day of Marvel. And uh, can't wait to see what happens now that they're going to be arrested and see if their parents find out what's going on. Yeah. (laughs) Cool. All right. Before you tune out, some quick programming notes. Uh, so this episode is dropping on December 21st. On the 28th, we will be releasing our top 10 favorite books of 2020. There is a theoretical chance that I might split that into two episodes and drop them on Monday and Tuesday it, just to help make editing that a little more manageable. It's a very, very long episode. Yeah, it's it's three hours, and honestly, there's not a lot of daylight in that to cut out. Yeah. We moved quick to get through everything um we will also put out sometime between uh now and two mondays from now january 3rd or whatever i believe that's right uh a standalone solicitations episode so we're not trying to cram two weeks books and march solicitations into our first episode back yeah uh, and Jen will be back for that episode, starting to to dip a toe back into recording and coming out of hiatus. Yes. So we'll be talking... Much excited about that. Yes. Uh, we would like to thank Chase Parker for our intro voiceover. You can visit us at panelologypodcast.com, support us at patreon.com slash panelology, get merch at bit.ly slash merch. capital P, capital M, or send us questions, comments, or whatever, as long as whatever isn't telling us there are typos on our website, at bit.ly slash mailbag, capital P, capital M. I'm Alex. And I am Brian. Go read all those wonderful comics that came out this year. Mm-hmm.